Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. This is Justin Monorail. Or you can call me Papa Monorail if you're nasty. And I am back here again on a Monday morning. But I'm not alone. I've got one of my Monorail family members with us. We decided last week that we could call her Auntie Steffers. And yes, we are without land in the Dawes Dome. But you know what? Three's a crowd. We got two. And two's company. Steffers, welcome back to the Monorail. How you doing? I'm literally dying of laughter over here at you <laughs> saying Papa Monorail. It's, if, you're if you're feeling frisky, it's Daddy Monorail, though. That's right. I just want to clear that confusion up for anyone who needs that confusion to be cleared. <laughs> because, I don't want to well, take that title from Daddy tomorrow. That's the thing. I feel like I'm stepping on Daddy. No, 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 no. We are an equal opportunity employer. We do not limit our use of the term daddy when the term daddy is... We're getting off the rails. We're already going off the rails here. But you're not taking anything away from daddy tomorrow. Don't you worry. Okay. All Don't right. Don't you worry. Do people call him but daddy? Happy Monday. Happy Monday. I call him, I call him daddy. I, I'm just... We'll, we'll stop it. I call him daddy all the time. He just doesn't know it. Respectfully, of course. Him Respectfully. Daddy Iger and his cardigan sweaters. Listen. He's got a that's look. A whole nother thing. He's got a look. He looks like uh oh. he'd be good to cuddle with, you know? Like snuggle oh. up to Daddy Iger. <laughs> okay. Well, you took that in one direction. But I was on Twitter the other day and uh was it Twitter or was it Facebook? I was on one of them the other day and I guess there was like a clip of him doing some interview. Mm-hmm. And the I went to the comments, and the comments were like, why does it look like he's aged 10 years in the past two days? And I was <laughs> like, either two days or two years. It might have been two years. But anyway, yeah. apparently he's aged a lot. I guess the, the, the running, you know, the Disneyverse is uh, aging the poor man. Yeah, the stress of running a multi-billion dollar entertainment corporation can kind of get to you. But, you know, he wanted to come back, so it's on him, really. I mean, I'm thankful for him returning. So, yeah. How much credit do you give Iger for bringing back Happily Ever After? I would love to say I give him all the credit, but respectfully, I feel like conversations were had before he even. Yeah. I feel like it, it was a. It was very much, in my opinion. It was very much like a let's listen to the people. So like conversations in the back were happening and then he probably just got quote unquote got the credit for it. Yeah. But I'm sure like other people had a play in that. But it doesn't matter because it's back. This is the way it goes. Still haven't seen it, but it's back. (laughs) I I don't know that I. What? What? On my trip, I might be having one Disney day and I might have to pick between seeing Fantasmic once or seeing Happily Ever After. Whoa! Now that <laughs> is a difficult choice for Steffers. 
Oh, no. I think I know what I would recommend, but I don't know if it's the Steffer's choice. Mm. What What would you recommend? I'm not going to tell you what my choice is. I think we'll just let everyone simmer on it while I <laughs> plan. Well, I mean, I think you've got nostalgic connections to both, but I think that just the overall experience and what it's really tied to, I think Happily Ever After is more impactful to Steffers. That's my opinion, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe because I think Phantasmic goes way, you know, further back for you probably. So that, I don't know, it might be, they might be really close, but I think Happily Ever After would edge it out. If you could get a good spot for Happily Ever After, that's what I'm thinking. That's just what Justin Monorail's thinking, but I think we'll Stay just have tuned, to. Stay tuned. Yeah, we'll have to wait I literally have no idea. I don't even know what park we're even, we were going to go to during the day, but like now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh, nighttime stuff is back. Like I haven't been back since everything, you know, started up again. So, yeah. uh my first and last time for 2023. Well, tragic. The really the tragic. possibilities are super exciting, though. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> I'm super like giddy to go. Yeah, I, to I, go. you'll have Whatever. to you'll have to look to see. I wonder if they're doing like two phantasmic showings when you're here, because there Don't could tempt me with a good time. There could be a chance you could do both. Maybe it might be tight, but there's a chance. I'm saying there's a chance. You know, chances are what we live by. Yeah, so. chances and hope. So, well, you know, we started a chat a little bit about the Iger coming back into the CEO CEO role. I was going to say, say CEO uh, because yeah, yeah, I believe in you. I squash things together. And I feel like that is a great segue to our first article of the Walt Disney World and Central Florida theme park news today. <laughs> Ripped from the headlines of DisneyTouristBlog.com. The first article we're going to talk about today is related to Disney executive leadership. This week, it was announced that effective December 4th, 2023, Hugh F. Johnston (laughs) will be the new chief financial officer and senior executive vice president of the Walt Disney Company. Who is Hugh F. Johnston, you might be asking? Well, he's currently serving as the vice chairman and chief financial officer of PepsiCo, where he has had numerous leadership positions during a highly successful 34-year career with the multinational food and beverage giant. Do we consider PepsiCo food and beverage? What food is Pepsi responsible for? I'm sure they trickle in. I think it's just food and beverage as like a whole. I don't think, like, I don't think it's just beverage and I don't think it's just food. I think you, you combine wombo combo them. I guess so. But like, I wonder what happened. Well, I guess it happens to all of us. But I wonder what happened where Hugh one day woke up and said, I want to be the CFO for Disney instead of the CFO for Pepsi. You know, I don't know if we'll ever know what led to this, but it is very curious, particularly because Disney has a very long standing relationship with Coca-Cola. And as you know, you can currently only get Coca-Cola in the Walt Disney World Parks and Resorts. Now, people have started to ask the question, is this something that may change 
once Johnston comes over and joins Walt Disney, because obviously he's got pals and buddies over at Pepsi. Those relationships aren't going to go away. I mean, is is there about to be a seismic soda shift at Walt Disney World Steffers? I hope not, but my brain went a different direction. My brain went like, let's do the competitor of Coke so that our Coke relationship stays like not, like you don't take the best man off the team type of thing. Yeah. Not to say that he was the best man off the team, but like, so nothing changes with their Coke relationships. They stole somebody from Pepsi. No? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's that, true. You're weakening the competitor, I guess, if you look I'm, at it that way. Yeah. So like, why would you switch to Pepsi when you're keeping your relationship strong with Coke? Like you're adding, you're adding some weights instead of removing the weights. I'm, I'm done with this. No, I get, I get what you're analogy. saying. I get, I get where you're going and I appreciate the analogy. I am not a weightlifter. I spend no time in the gym, but literally I literally no idea what I'm saying, but I get it. I get it. Um, well, here's what Johnston said. Disney is such a storied company with the most beloved brands in the world and a strong financial foundation to support the company of the future that Bob and his team are building. Very few companies have withstood the test of time that Disney has, making the company as rare as it is special. I share Bob's enthusiasm for Disney's future, and I'm incredibly excited to join this management team in the moment of opportunity and possibility. Uh, I'm looking at him for the first time. And he kind of looks like a skinnier, maybe taller Bob Odenkirk. Um, I've never seen this man before, but that's what he reminds me of. I just think it's really funny that like you just read that whole quote. And I work in marketing, so I just, in my brain, I'm like, who wrote this for you, bud? Yeah, well, of course. It, that's totally, <laughs> it's, a, like, it's a PR statement. Yeah, I um, I, I think the statement's statement's promising i'm interested what this means like what kind of financial changes are in the works yeah that's we'll we'll only know once we know it's interesting right i mean we are looking at a time where disney has been cutting costs they're looking to find a way to make their streaming service profitable They're looking for a way to improve the financial position of the ESPN brand. And, you know, the parks are really Disney's strength. And they've committed over the next, uh, I think, six years, they said, to um, to investing something like 60 billion in their parks over the next six years. It's something like that. So, yeah, something like that. So he's going to be overseeing a time where park investments going up. They're going to be trying to find a way to cut costs and make streaming service work. Uh, this is just after Disney now owns entirely owns Hulu after Universal NBC Universal decided to uh, exercise their option to step out of that deal. So there's a lot of moving pieces going on financially with Disney. And I almost feel like this is a bit of a time they wanted to bring someone in who's got a lot of experience running a running a huge company who can help usher them through these times are they setting Johnston up to potentially be the next CEO of Walt Disney World? I mean, that's what this particular article is positing. I think that there's a chance that that might be true. But again, if it is true, I sort of also feel like you got to keep your eye on that Pepsi Coke situation. I just, I don't know. It's it's a little, it's it's one of those things that's like a, a little worrisome because I, I definitely, as a brand, I don't drink a lot of soda. But as a brand, I prefer prefer Coke over Pepsi if I have a choice. So I prefer Dr. Pepper, period. Dr. Pepper. Aren't they their own thing, though? They're not part of either one. 
Pepsi or Coke? No, they are. They're in Coke machine. Well, they're part of the Coke freestyle machine, so I assume they fall under the Coke umbrella. I think However, that's I think that's true, but I don't think Coke owns that brand. I, I'm not sure. So maybe they would stay anyway. I don't know. Fact check me. Fact check me. <laughs> the internet. Okay, let's do it right now. Let's go to the Google. We're doing it early. Who? Oh, we're doing it. Owns I said, Doctor, I'm doing yeah. it right now because I don't need somebody coming on here and correcting us later. Uh, it's it. the brand is is uh, Keurig Dr Pepper, by the way, which is strange. I didn't realize that was Keurig, a- like the coffee machine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and okay, in Europe and South Korea. Dr. Pepper's owned by Coke. Everywhere else, it is interesting. Everywhere else, it is sold and managed by Keurig Dr. Pepper, which also so owns Seven must, Up. They must sell their like distribution or like distribution rights or whatever yeah. however that's called. Like, yeah. interesting. I learned something new today here on the Monday Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. That's Look what at us we go. Do. That's what we do for people. So I don't know. This is kind of interesting. This is always I love watching these succession like storylines and trying to follow and see what's going on behind the scenes. And it will be very interesting to see what happens over the next couple of years with Mr. Johnson. By the way, when I first read his name, I was reading it as Hugh F. Johnson. And I was like, that sounds like a name that would be on the back of a T-shirt that they sell at like a Myrtle Beach gift shop. Hello, I'm Hugh F. Johnson. Um Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I really wanted you to keep going with that because I was vibing with it, but you know, it's fine. I don't know. People may not remember this because I don't think it's a thing anymore. But back when I was growing up, if you went to the beach and you went to the you know kitschy little souvenir shops, they had this whole brand of T-shirts, and they were called Big Johnson. And it was this character. All the shirts were inappropriate. Let's just put it that way. But it was this Johnson dude in all these different scenarios. And uh, Hugh might be his daddy. I don't know. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. That's, that's fine. Can, can we talk about food? I think well, we should. I, fe- I, feel like, I feel like we should talk about food. I'm hungry, and I feel like something's burning downstairs. So, I, I you know, it seems like a valid transition. <laughs> well, Steffers, do you need to go check on that, or do you want to jump into this next article, which is a food? Oh, no, guy? let's jump. Okay. All right. Last week, you mentioned that we hadn't seen a foodie guide for the Festival of the Holidays. I, I did at say Epcot. that, indeed. Um, and this one is not a foodie guide for the Festival of the Holidays, but that did drop as well. This one, specifically, is a Disney Eats foodie guide to the Walt Disney World Resort. But as I look through it, most of this article is Disney Springs. And if you get down... There, it, oh, it does touch on the resorts. So it's they're talking like the resorts in Disney Springs. So this is all, everything outside the parks. And it's a very long foodie guide. You guys know we love a foodie guide here on the monorail. I love. And, I mean, I love the pictures. I love the descriptions. I'm like mouth-watering right now. <laughs> There's so much to see. I just wanted to give a big shout out because one of my favorite things that happens seasonally is that they actually rotate some specials at jock Lindsay's hangar bar and they're doing that again for the holidays so if you happen to be in disney springs you must go to jock Lindsay's hangar bar it's one of my favorite lounges in all in all of the walt disney world property it's not as good is i wouldn't put it above nomad i would never do such a thing but it's right up there with everything else 
great food, great drinks. The location's great. If it's comfortable outside and you can sit outside on the on the dock over the water, it is something special. And over the last few years, they've started to really decorate Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar for the holidays. So it's decked out. They always have these specials, and, and this year is uh, no exception. So starting actually on Thursday of last week, November 9th, they introduced a few items, and I'm going to just call a couple of them out. First of all, Jacques' famous pigs in a blanket. I think you would say this de Brezner sausage. Bless you. Puff pastry and cranberry mustard sauce. Um, Yeah. Yep, I'll have that. I will also have the O-ham and cheese trees. Puff pastry, pit ham, cheddar cheese, garlic, herb butter, and sugar plum jam. Yep, I'll have that. Also, go ahead and put this one on the on the uh, menu for me on the order. Cranberry barbecue meatballs, all beef meatballs. That sounds good. Cranberry barbecue sauce, orange goat cheese, Granny Smith apple, spiced walnuts, and or- orange supremes, and crispy basil. And then, <laughs> and then finally, on this particular section of the list, naughty or nice deviled eggs. I love deviled eggs. Stefford, do you like deviled eggs? Eggs. I love food. Okay. <laughs> so I, there's very few things I do not like. Like I'm not a huge ham person, but like these little trees look look cute. Like I'd eat that. Yeah. Thanksgiving I eat ham, but like you, there are very few things I do not eat. Okay. So I'm excited. Well, with these deviled eggs, you actually get a choice. If you get the nice deviled eggs, it's crispy ham and sweet honey glazed deviled eggs. If you get the naughty ones, it's spicy honey glazed. So, oh, I think I would do spicy. Oh, you got to go spicy. You got to go with those <laughs> naughty, naughty or nothing. Yeah. But there's there's some other food as well on the list. There's drinks. I mean, jumping down to another favorite place of mine, Morimoto Asia, available now through the end of the year. They've got some special holiday drinks. There's a, a curry and spicy Cucumber infused espolo, espolon blanco tequila, jalapeno, ginger liqueur, ancho reyes, John D. Taylor's velvet falernum liquor, lime and agave. That sounds so interesting. And I love a spicy drink. Speaking of going naughty, I love a naughty drink that's going to be a little bit spicy. I definitely want to get in there and try that one. Curie and spicy. Um, I'm scrolling down. Yeah. Like there's shakes, there's flights, there's there. Uh, like there's a cute little, wa- is it a waffle? Looks like a cute little waffle that's decorated to look like Santa. Yeah. I don't know if like when you get it, it'll actually look this good, but try it. It's, oh, it is a Santa waffle. It is. A Vivoli il gelato. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to be going to Disney Springs, too, like my first day there. Typically, when I travel, if y'all don't know, if you're new here and you've never heard my voice, uh, typically mm-hmm. I do like a whole travel day. But like on my travel day, I'll go to Disney Springs. I'm going to need to budget for some some foods here. Yeah, you got to try some. Ooh, these I, look delish. I should point out that they do list Eat by Manit uh, Chauhan as well on the list. And that is the new Indian restaurant that's going to be opening in Disney Springs. So it sounds like it will be – it says this this particular drink will be available upon opening through the end of the year. So at some point in the next, I would say, month, I guess Eat is going to be opening. And that's really exciting. Um, a new restaurant location in Disney Springs. It's a strong lineup in there. And 
Steffers, you were mentioning that you plan a part or a travel day and you always hit up Disney Springs. I think that is a really smart thing to do either on your arrival or departure day, just depending on what, you know, how you line it up. Because Disney Springs is an is an awesome place. People don't ever necessarily, well, I won't say ever, but a lot of times people don't want to sacrifice a park day to go to Disney yeah. Springs. So Tying it in with your travel day makes a lot of sense because usually you don't have a full day anyway. So if if you usually don't make time to go to Disney Springs, I highly recommend it. If you need some food recommendations, hit up your boy. I can help you out with that. There's a lot of great choices. But now, obviously, there's going to be a ton of holiday treats there as well. So even the chicken guy is getting in on the action with some holiday Those shakes. Those shakes from Chicken Guy look so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I know you mentioned like the Festival of the Holidays Foodie Guide did drop, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to go through this whole thing, but I'm just going to tell you holiday foods give me such joy. <laughs> and we've, there's like Festival of the Holidays does not disappoint. Yeah. I want to, the only thing that I want to see is if they have the frozen hot chocolate martini. Ooh. Frozen. Because that is, if anyone cares, that is my personal favorite. Oh, they do. Everyone, they do. It's coming back for around three, four. I don't know how many years it's been since I've had it. But I usually get it every single time I go to Epcot. Frozen hot chocolate martini in France. Do it. You won't regret it. I promise you. Yeah, that's awesome. So good. I'm so excited. I'm so hungry. (laughs) I should have eaten. Well... As I mentioned previously, the holiday cookie stroll is coming back this year. That's one of my favorite things to do. I mean, who doesn't love holiday cookies? And then the fact that, oh, I have a challenge. I have to go eat these cookies. And then you get a special reward at the end. And by the way, spoiler alert, the reward is a cookie. (laughs) Spoilers. It's Cookie Monster's favorite holiday tradition is the holiday cookie stroll. I don't think I've ever done the cookie stroll. My friends do it. I've never done it, I don't think. I've done it a couple of times. It's how I learned that I really like a black and white cookie. Those those are up there <laughs> with my favorite cookies now. And it, it, it all started at the Festival of the Holidays. That, and for the first time ever, I had chestnuts roasted on an open fire. Um, I, was that last year or two years ago? For the first time at the Festival of the Holidays. And I was like, I got to try these. I've always heard about them in songs. But I've never actually had <laughs> chestnuts roasted on open fire. And they were amazing. They were really good. So. I got sidetracked. There's a holiday cinnamon celebration funnel cake topped with powdered sugar, vanilla, ice cream, cinnamon, cookie, crunch, cream, cheese, whipped cream, and gold dust. <sighs> gold dust. I love a funnel cake. I love a funnel cake. Like, it's like my Disney staple. But, like, I don't always get it every time. But, like, that's, like, my – if I'm treating myself. Yeah. Like people do like caramel apples or whatever. That's my thing as a funnel cake. Dang, this looks good. (laughs) Wow. That's funny. I'm not a big funnel cake person. And I really only consider getting them when I go to like a fair, a country fair. Elephant ear is what I get at a fair. Oh, okay. I could see that too. Yeah, so my fair snack is an elephant ear. And then my Disney like guilty pleasure is a funnel cake. There you go. Makes sense. I'm weird. I walked right by the funnel cakes at the American Pavilion in World Showcase. That's where you get it. That's that's 
that's all you need is yep i'm don't know how we're still friends but i'll let it go <laughs> as the wise wise elsa has said in previous years well Steffer, anyway. Steffers, i'm not gonna yuck your yum i mean you enjoy uh, those funnel as you cakes. shouldn't I don't think there. I don't think there's anything wrong with them at all. I just, for me, that's that's a very. Do you indulgent, like donuts? It's an indulgent thing. I love donuts. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I just compare them, but yeah. like it's like a cake instead of like just a small little thing. You know what? The, I think the problem is with funnel cakes. I think you get a lot more of the greasy fried taste than you do with a donut. Yeah, that's valid. So, but I think that is the appeal for some people. Maybe you, Stuffers. Do you like that greasy fried taste? Oh, it is the appeal for me. Also, the powdered sugar gets everywhere. It's such a mess. Do you not get powdered sugar on your funnel cake? My headset just does this thing where it just wants to turn off every now and again when I'm in the middle of a conversation. It's a little disrespectful, honestly. <laughs> I was asking you, do you like do you like the powdered sugar on the funnel cake? Oh, absolutely. So this is my thing. Powdered sugar, I feel like, is a must. The, like, strawberry juice situation, not necessarily, mm-hmm. like, required. It's the powdered sugar is the experience. Okay. I, I'm a woman of simple pleasures. Sort see, of. see, that's one of the negatives for me is the powdered sugar because it's a mess. It gets everywhere. It gets yeah, up my well, nose. Well, you really get into it. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I'm a messy eater. I'll have it all over my face. It's all over my fingers. It, and once it gets moist, yeah, that's right. Moist powdered sugar. It gets clumpy. Yeah. No, thanks. I'm more at eh, the moist coming <laughs> out of your mouth than the <laughs> like clumpy. People hate that word. Um, Correct. You know, one thing that's a little bit disappointing to me as I what? scroll through the Festival of the Holidays foodie guide, what? aside from drinks... I can only spot one new food item this year. Oh, there's some at the oh, holiday no. hearth, but those yeah, are treats. Bottom. I thought I saw some at yeah, the bottom. Yeah, there's a few new ones at the bottom. You're right. But okay, the Tuscany Holiday Kitchen's all new. But this, again, doesn't surprise me. They did the same thing for, for food and wine because I think people over the years complained that the food booth in Italy is just underwhelming. So it got some love, but uh, yeah, there's, you're right. There's, there's, I didn't get far enough down the list. There's a, there's a lot of new drinks though. So anyway, can't go wrong with drinks. A lot to look forward to. There are a lot of repeat though. Like the sushi tree, I'm pretty sure was there. Well, it definitely was there last year, but there are some staples, but there Mm -hmm. are definitely not a lot. I will say there aren't a lot of new food things, but there's some. Yeah. So we'll see. But, you know, the holidays is all about tradition and maybe people would be upset if there was too much of a of a change of the menus for the festival of the holidays. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I would give the same recommendations for festival holidays that I do for food and wine or, or really any of these festivals. If you're going to go, you need to like print off a foodie guide or. As soon as you get in there, grab one of the passports, the festival passports, go through and make sure that you look at all the options before you start walking around the park, because inevitably you will either spend your money too fast or get full too fast. You're going to miss things that you want to try. So make a list of the things that you definitely want. And, you know, as long as you're sticking to it. Yeah, check it twice. (laughs) And and at Jock Lindsay, you will find out if you're naughty or nice. Um, but you know, I, I just think you can't, you can't attack this thing without a plan. 
It, there's too no, much. No, I agree. Yeah. I did that last year for when I rode Guardians for this. I think it was Food and Wine. Food and Wine? I'm going to guess it was Food and Wine. Um, I copied and pasted this whole foodie guide. And I, like, highlighted the things that I wanted to try. And then you get to the booth and then you look at the prices and you're like, huh, I really need to weigh my options here. Yeah. And then I like cross stuff off or skip it or look to see how it looks because like these photos are professionally taken. So like day yeah. of they look a little different. <laughs> they, they they do. So. They tend to look a little different than the pictures in the foodie guide. Sometimes they look close, though. I'm always impressed. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. I'm always impressed when they do make them look really nice because I realize cranking out the amount of food that they do from those booths and trying to make them look great for everybody is very difficult. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, shout out to them. But I will say last year I was blown away. I, I thought that I prepare for a festival and, you know, making my list, checking it twice. And then I experienced Flower and Garden with Tom and Michelle last year. And Michelle from Hyperion Adventures podcast blew me away. She had a festival passport. She had, you know, the skinny little post-its that are like just strips, basically. She had yep. used the those. annotate books. Yeah. She had used those throughout the passport. She had marked how much things were. Um, it was so impressive. <laughs> and I, I just had to respect it. I, I mean, nobody prepares like Michelle. That was impre- very impressive and incredible. So I love that. We yeah. love them. We love them. They're wonderful. And... Anything you can do to be a little more like Tom and Michelle is probably doing you a favor. Um, but definitely be prepared. Be prepared. Yeah, because it'll be really overwhelming. Yeah. So, you know, the more you know. Overwhelming in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Always. So, Steffers, I want to give a little shout mm-hmm. out to the Monorail Fam Discord because we were having a talk this week about upcoming Disney expansion and additions to the parks. And we were chatting about what we felt like the most likely next big project was going to be at Walt Disney World. And by the way, you can join that Monday Morning Monorail fam Discord if you'd like. All you've got to do is go to the morningmonorail.com website, click on the contact me link, and then you send me a note. Just let me know that you want an invite to the Discord. You can join us over there. It's it's a good time. A lot of good people to talk with. But um, yeah, I mean, I think the kind of consensus was that what needs to happen, whether this happens or not, the next big project should be the redo of Dino Land USA. Because right now that's just a it's a gaping hole in Animal Kingdom. And it's been a while. I mean, Pandora was the last big addition to Animal Kingdom. And that's been, what, five years now since since that opened. Every other park at this point has received love. They've received some upgrades. I mean, specifically, of course, like Hollywood Studios and um, Epcot. Epcot's gotten the most attention over the last few years. But it's been a long time since anything's happened at Animal Kingdom. We know they're redoing Bugs Life uh, 3D. It's tough to be a bug (laughs) is what that's called. And, um, you know, then they've just got to do something with Dino Land. It can't just sit there empty. But... Thanks to um, Disney Tourist Blog, they actually pulled a a snapshot 
from the shareholder presentation this past week uh, from Walt Disney's the Walt Disney Company, and it's talking a lot about the upcoming projects at the parks and um, the timing of of opening these uh, these experiences and these attractions. And specifically looking at Walt Disney World, the thing that you that really jumps out at you is you don't see the Beyond Thunder expansion. You don't see Dino Land on this list. Um, the only thing that they have listed for Walt Disney World is the debut of Luminous, which is the show that's going to take over for Epcot Forever as the nighttime spectacular at Epcot. And that'll start December 5th. Then jumping to it just says December World Celebration, I guess, will be officially like open at some point in December in Epcot. So that should include Dreamers Point and um, those new metal walkways <laughs> that, that we've been looking at in Epcot. And then in 2024, they just listed Disney Vacation Club cabins at Fort Wilderness and late 24 Disney Vacation Club at Polynesian Resort. But this list, it goes all the way through fiscal year 26 and that's it for Walt Disney projects. So I there's something else missing too that you didn't mention, but I'm sure is in your head. Hmm. But What's the that? redo of Spaceship Earth is also not Well, that's true. Spaceship Earth, um oh, they do have Tiana's Bayou Adventure on here for Disneyland and Walt Disney World and it just says twenty twenty four. But yes, yeah, Spaceship Earth is not on here. Hmm. Um Interesting. Yeah, so so what's what's the deal here? We're we're missing the test track redo. We're missing the Pirates of the Caribbean Tavern. We're missing the Zootopia Tree of Life show. Um and the redo for Country Bear. Well, what I think uh, maybe not. Mm-hmm. I think they're waiting for the next big event to like announce more things. Mhm. I just don't, I think, I think they oversold and uh, now they're under promising, but you know, we'll see. Time will tell. It just seems like they've got a lot of cards that they're holding back right now, keeping them close to the chest. And a lot of it is not for us. And by us, I mean, East coast. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot out of the country. There's a lot for Disneyland. There's Uh, a lot for Disney cruise line. They've, Cranked yeah. out so much for Disney Cruise Line in the past few years. Yeah. So much. And they're continuing to invest there because that is a very profitable um, arm of their business. And they did say that a lot of the park investment that they have uh, uh, dedicated or um, what am I trying to say? That they've promised. A lot of the uh, park investment that they've promised and committed to was what I was looking for is going to happen near the end of the 2020s, like closer to 2030. So we're probably not going to hear about any of that stuff for maybe another couple of years. And if I had to put money down on the table, I'm willing to bet that that Beyond Thunder Mountain project just goes away. I I don't think it's going to happen. They they love to tease us with this idea of, oh, we're going to expand Magic Kingdom. Maybe it's going to be a villain's area. Who knows? But... They do have to be thinking about how are they going to respond to Epic Universe. That's literally what I was just about to say. I was going to say, I think what's going to happen is they're going to wait and see for Epic. They're going to wait for Epic Universe to open and they're going to see 
I think they're they're in the market. They're they're looking at land. They're looking at plans. They're because if they put all their cards on the table now and promise us something, it just gives other park. I mean, it can go beyond Universal. Like it it gives other parks a chance to outshine them. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're in a position where they're putting out so much, you know, movies and all this other stuff that they just need to sit on it and like really think strategically on where they should put the different things. And maybe they still do the Beyond the Thunder Mountain extravaganza, but like they change it where like in um kids kids spot what what by ET that mm-hmm. area that they're changing yeah. at Universal, maybe they do a small scale like revamp like that and then they take a bunch of their top ips and move it to a whole new park because mm. universal is making history over here with this epic universe i just want to <laughs> say that so yeah i i think that that's what they're doing okay i mean maybe i'm giving them too much credit but we also still need new stuff in the current parks that they have so yeah we'll see I'm wondering if they're thinking about the timing of people making travel plans, because if they know Epic Universe is going to open in 25, Mm -hmm. then maybe what they're thinking is, okay, so people are going to be making plans to travel for 25 in the next year. Sometime in 24, people are going to start making those travel plans. So maybe they're going to they feel like they've got a little bit of time on the table here where they can watch more of Epic Universe develop. They can maybe start to see what the travel projections and attendance numbers are going to look like. And then sometime in 24, we're going to get that big announcement of how Disney's going to respond. But based on our experience in watching Disney build things, I mean, look at Epcot's World Celebration. If they were to announce that they were going to open a fifth gate, it wouldn't be open for, what, five years probably? At least, if not more than Mm -hmm. that. So... I don't know, maybe, but maybe you're right. Maybe there is, they, they're already planning it. They're just not ready to show their cards yet. And I, I have to imagine that they are, that they know what's going on, that they're looking ahead. But I'm just saying, it's, a, it's just a little bit, um, it's weird. And I, me as a Disney Parks fan, I'm impatient. I want news. I want something exciting to happen. I'm tired of Same. Hong Kong Disney getting all the cool stuff or Tokyo Disneyland. Like, come do something really cool Shanghai here. Shanghai is getting Zootopia land, and I would love a Zootopia land. Yeah, exactly. I'm just saying. So, give us something. Don't yuck my yum. <laughs> um, all right. So, before we jump in, because that would be a perfect segue to start talking Epic Universe and some uh, Universal stuff. But I just wanted to mention this, because I just saw this before we started recording. Uh, Scott Gustin tweeted out that Walt Disney World has made an update to the friends and family on the My Disney Experience website. You can now search someone by name, phone number, and email address if they have opted in. So you can add them and connect to them on your My Disney Experience account. I got to tell you, it is the biggest pain in the butt prior to this update trying to connect to people on My Disney Experience. You ain't wrong. It's, it really is suck. It, it, it is to suck. It, it's the worst. It's like nonsensical so it's amazing speaking of disney taking forever to fix things or make an update it's taken them this long to improve that feature of my disney experience but now they're doing it so thank you disney this is going to relieve a lot of headaches and connecting to people will be much much better okay i think it's time to go across the universals we got steffers here it's only right always um true 
Yeah. It's only right. It's only right. And now is the time. Steffers, I, I put a couple things on here that we can maybe circle back to. But but while we're talking Epic Universe, I, th- I think we should jump to that first. Okay. So what do we know so far about Epic Universe? We, we know, like, I don't think has Universal come out and specifically said for sure, aside from Super Mario Land, which I don't even know if they've confirmed that, but we know that that's happening. Have they confirmed any of the other lands that are going into Epic Universe yet? I'm 95% positive they have not. I'm trying to like search my brain versus what I know that's been announced and what I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, you know, being very uh, selective in my words here. I'm pretty sure that they really haven't confirmed anything like specific in terms of what IPs are going where. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Know them is a different story. Mm -hmm. However, announcement wise. Mm mm. Yeah, so I'm just pulling up this article really quick. Uh, This is written by the Park Prodigy, and it's a complete guide to every new Epic Universe land. And essentially, like one of the first things they say is not a lot is set in stone. Correct. We're watching a lot come together. We know we're going to get Super Mario Land. But one of the things that we have been able to parse from... People dissecting the pictures and looking at there per- are a couple things we can at permits. Yeah, um, is the the classic monsters land, and uh, there's this account. If you're not following it on social media, it's called Bio Reconstruct, and I guess this person flies helicopters around Central Florida, and so they constantly take aerial shots of the parks. And they got a good one this week. It is this new portal that is going up that will be the gateway to what we believe to be the classic universal's monsters land in epic universe um it sounds like it might be called the dark universe this section of the park and it looks very very cool but one of my big takeaways from this because i didn't realize this is that there will actually be a portal to each of the themed lands once you leave the central hub of Epic Universe, if you're going to travel into one of the theme lands, you're going to go through one of these portals. We know from Universal Hollywood that, and I guess Universal, where's where is it? Is it in Japan? Is it in Tokyo? Yes. Um, that, I don't know if it's in Tokyo, but it's in Japan. Okay, that you go through a portal to get into Super Mario Land. So that that part makes a lot of sense. But they're going like. Um, taking that idea and just expanding it out for the whole park. So you actually go through a transition, which I think is so exciting because what this leads me to believe is that every single one of the lands that you'll experience at Epic Universe has the potential to be as immersive as something like Diagon Alley or, you know, Hogsmeade. And that is awesome. Like, that's what we want from these parks. Like, help me suspend disbelief. Transport me to another place. And I am so fired up. I mean, I know that, like we said, a lot of these particular things haven't been confirmed, but we think that we're going to get a How to Train Your Dragon area. It sounds like there'll probably be a Harry Potter expansion. We're getting Super Mario Land, which I'm excited about. But if you know me, especially my history over the last few years, I couldn't be more excited than I am for the Classic Monsters section of this park. I am so excited to see what that's going to be like. Um, I'm excited to see the evolution of Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah. Because it's either going to, this land is either going to provide new 
con- like content mm-hmm. like to to stem from house ideas from or they're going to expand it in some way or they're going to do experiences maybe like how they do like the hotel experiences like maybe they bring it into epic universe like i'm just there's just a lot to there's just a lot that's yeah. possible yeah um i know that there was were talks of like a ministry of magic mm-hmm. kind of harry potter-esque something not confirmed please note not confirmed um but they are i mean they're chugging away and they're quiet like these accounts are the only ones that i'm really getting updates on i think they like mentioned a date i saw a date come somewhere on some sort of uh post but uh no they are not like teasing anything they're just letting the the consumer uh sit at the edge of their seat and like i kind of respect them for it not gonna lie yeah because it's like, you know, but it's not confirmed. But like, it's just, it'll be like three quarters of the way done. Still not going to confirm, but you can clearly see there's like a freaking Hogwarts castle or like <laughs> some sort of uh, Harry Potter anything. Yeah. It's fine. But what I found interesting was that on, I think I saw this on Twitter, the Universal Universal Stella Nova Resort. Mm-hmm. I say that three times really quickly. Uh the website, I guess, was launched and published, and like there, it was all themed and branded and all that stuff. Uh, this article from Theme Park Tourist says potentially opening in January 2025. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, <laughs> it, it looks cool. Yeah, the the one little concept photo that we see here. I'm. It goes with the universe theme. Mm-hmm. I'm interested what else they do because is it going to be something simple like the dockside surfside kind of vibe where it's literally just universe and that's what you get or are they going to have like a themed something themed suite themed like another resort like what's the tea here universal give us something now I'm itching for more information me too. I mean, every little, every tidbit they give us, it's just like an appetizer. And yep. the, the funny thing is, so this was a slip up on the, the official Lowe's website that they put up a, uh, a splash page that had this 750 room universal Stella Nova resort, which is half of the two hotel complex. The other half being Terra Luna. And it, it, as fast as it went up, this temporary page, it came right down. But people got to look at it because you, you can't sneak anything by uh, theme park no. nerds. We're going to see this stuff. really can't. But uh, I think the interesting thing is, you know, the parks probably won't open until middle of the year, maybe, you know, closer to fall in 25. But the fact that the hotels could open earlier is kind of exciting. I mean, it does give an opportunity to get a little taste if you're going to be staying at Universal anyway, maybe this gives you a little taste of Epic Universe. Who knows? You might have a view out to the like the well at that point the park would be mostly constructed. Maybe you could even see out to what you're going to experience when the park opens. See, but now my question is: is what else are they going to? Like, there's no way you're going to open a hotel and like not have some sort of experience. Like, like yeah, you're not going to open a hotel on a property where a new the- a new uh, park is going to open and not have some sort like what's the immersive thing that the, I, I know they're cooking it yeah 
But what is the thing that you can have available for people before the actual park opens? And yeah. that's where I'm like, huh, what you got? <laughs> like, it could be as simple as like a like a downtown Disney vibe. Like, Something. it could just be yeah. like it's going to be like a strip of shops and the hotel is like in, immersed in it. Yeah. I said downtown Disney. You know what I meant. I yep. mean, I mean downtown Disney. However, <laughs> that's not what they call it. Y'all anymore. Know. That's not what they call it anymore. But <laughs> it'll always be downtown Disney to me. I mean, I feel like that might be a thing. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't even thought of that, that maybe there will be a little aspect of something that you can experience that will give you that taste of what's to come for Epic Universe. I think it's a good idea. I mean, from a hotel operation perspective, it would be. It's already a nightmare, like opening a whole new hotel. There's going to be a myriad of problems and operational. There's going to be issues that happen, you know, construction wise, just things that need to be corrected and fixed, working out the kinks, opening up any new business. You go through that. But a hotel, there's a lot of complexity. You've, you've got guests, you know, in all the rooms all the time. Maybe they open up slowly, but it does give you a chance to sort of work out some of the operational things before it gets real crazy when the parks open. So, you know, so I think that it makes a lot of sense to potentially get the, the hotels opened up um, just before the parks are officially or the park. So excited. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a great time. And there's a lot to look forward to. I mean, and, and like we said, hopefully what this does is it pushes competing theme parks to give guests new a lot more new and exciting things over the next few years and and so all it is is it's a benefit to all of us who are theme park fans and spend a lot of time here in central florida um also as part of this article from theme park tourists they've got the picture of the new epic universe transportation project that's scheduled to finish next year uh, it says, in order for guests to effectively get to Universal Epic Universe, some epic roadways are being constructed, including yeah. an eight-lane extension of Kirkman, uh, which will include dedicated bus lanes and a massive elevated traffic circle to help funnel guests to the destination without disrupting local traffic. And the only thing that I can say about that is that people don't know how to drive here, and it's nope. it's worse when it's congested with tourists trying to drive around in Orlando I am so concerned about people learning how to use this traffic circle and using uh, it correctly. Yeah. We'll see. That'll be a challenge. Because, uh, yeesh. Also, while we're recording this, they just posted this bio reconstruct, just posted an aerial overview of the two resorts, the the one Selenova that we were just talking about and Terra Luna that we were just talking about. It's giving dockside surf. Yeah, I think they probably did it. Um, with the with that design in mind, I would say, yeah. Oh, and DreamWorks Land is uh, underway. I'm telling y'all, you need to check out this uh, check out this account. Yeah. It's they're getting all the goods. It's a lot of good stuff to see, for sure. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, and those two hotels is only two. Aren't they opening four? total hotels i think it's well that's my thing is with the amount of land they have like they have to they just have to like the that's probably those are probably going to be the uh what's it called like the budget friendly yeah options Mm -hmm. and then they're gonna have some ridiculous immersive premiere experience and that's what i'm most excited for 
I remember them saying that one of the Epic Universe hotels was hotels was actually going to be connected to the park. Where it would be yeah. like a seamless kind of connection between the hotel and the park. So that is pretty exciting. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm sure that one will cost you a pretty penny or two. If we talk about Disney money and we say Disney dollar dues, what do we call the universal currency? We got to come up with a name for that. Minion coin. <laughs> Mario money. Hold on. I'm going to. We're workshopping. We're workshopping. Okay. I'm um, just. <laughs> I'm sure we'll Landon, Landon would have something snappy to throw out there, I'm sure. Of course he would, but he's not here, so it is what it is. Yeah. Um, something else that I wanted to point out that's yep. happening at Universal currently, um, the Holiday Tribute Store is now oh, nice. open. Yeah. So they have a Grinch room again, Earl the Squirrel. Um, I think there's a Harry Potter room as well. So if you are in that area... Go check out all the things and get your Earl the Squirrel merch. I have a question. As a person who is relatively new to the Universal world, is Earl Uh the Squirrel a Universal creation? Where does he come from? Also, where does he go? Universal creation. I can't remember the lore. I would have to look up the lore of Earl the Squirrel, but yes, it's a universal creation. I'm surprised you don't know this already. I did last year, but like as holidays fade, so does my memory. So okay, listen, All right. I'm I'm doing my I'm doing the most here. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, apparently, I'm pretty it's... sure Earl was the the Christmas tree squirrel mascot situation. Is it sort of related to, like, the squirrel from Christmas Vacation that goes in the tree and then jumps in people's uh, face? uh, Maybe. Don't quote me on that, but maybe. Did you know? It sounds very similar in concept. Did you know that there is an Earl the Squirrel book written by Don Freeman? No. Let me see if I can get more information about this. But... That could be the original source, and then maybe so. Maybe it is some sort of a classic story that Universal just picked up and embraced. I mean, people now, or I, I think of Earl the Squirrel as being like Universal's ambassador of the holidays outside of the Grinch, of course. But, True, yeah. I agree. So I love. Yeah, to see I him. like it's the rooms are different than they were last year. Obviously, they the same overall themes, um, just different execution um so if you're there check it out there are four brooms it looks like and the christmas tree is also up uh in front of uh jimmy fallon so i'm ready to ring in the holiday season me too me too i i'm in it i feel like i'm already there i'm ready to to get warm and cozy and festive and Break out the flannel, although it's not a great idea to break out, no, break out the flannel. Break out the flannel in Orlando. Sheesh. Okay, so we're not going to read it right now. I want to do some research on this, and I'm going to report back next week. But OrlandoInformer.com has a complete history of Earl the Squirrel at Universal Studios that was published. I knew they would last July. So of course they do. Yeah. So now I need to learn all about Earl the Squirrel. I'm going to become an expert, and next week I'll bring back my book report. 
All right, please read it because honestly, I just think it's a cute squirrel. I don't really get into the whole. I I don't get into the whole uh, history of it all. Well, okay, but the reason, the reason that it that I even ask the question or I bring it up is because experiencing the holidays at Universal, you see Earl the squirrel, and I felt like, is this something I'm supposed to know? Is this a reference to something? Correct. You know, it is a reference to something, and I'm pretty sure it was like a squirrel in the tree. And yeah, it it sounds like that's what it was. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, that was that's as far as my knowledge goes. So yeah, inform inform the listeners. Okay, we'll figure it out. They'll be like Earl Squirrel question mark. Come back, come back next week, Monorail Fam, and I will edify you on Earl the Squirrel. Steffers, you're the best. I was yes. going to ask you a question before we wrap up the Universal talk. Sure. Have you gotten a chance to, I, I think the answer is no, but I just want you to confirm. Have you gotten a chance to uh, in person visit Minion Land yet? No, I will in a couple weeks though. Okay. I'm is, ready. Is it important for you? Like, is it a priority to try like the Villain Con Blast and maybe eat um, at the Minion Cafe? The food, yes. The ride, quote unquote ride, no. I'm, no. Like, no offense. If I'm going to blast some stuff, I'm going to blast some aliens on Men in Black. Mm-hmm. I know it's a different experience and it's cute and interactive, but like, I'd rather try the food than like wait in line for the minions. Because being at the beginning of the park and minions, like, I just know that the line is probably going to be ridiculous. Yeah. So, like, I'm not. I'm not married to the idea. However, I am going to the Orlando Informer meetup, so actually I might be able to. Yeah, you should be able to. If there's no line, no wait, no fuss, then I will do it and report back. I will However, say, I'm more intrigued for the food. Yeah, I will say, because I did get to do the Minion Blast. I've done it once. I will say that it's fun. It's cute. It doesn't, to me, feel like a must-do every time. I agree with you. If we're going to be shooting something in Universal Studios, I'd rather be riding Men in Black and and shooting aliens. But there is something kind of nice about like this experience. is pretty satisfying. Like you get a the blaster is is nice and chunky, and it, it you know that that feels like a like a satisfying kind of experience holding the blaster, um, going through. And if you don't know about Minion Blast, you're on a moving walkway. You you get assigned a dot on which you stand throughout the whole ride. I still felt like the people in front of me and behind were a little bit close. So I couldn't just like I needed I couldn't just swing my gun without like checking to make sure that I wasn't going to hit someone in the head or the back or whatever, because people are it's it's still close. But I think it's helpful that you can as you aim at things, you can see if you know what your targeting dot looks like. You can see on all the interactive strings what screens what you're aiming at. The thing that frustrated me is it didn't on the day that I did it, I, the app wasn't working, so I couldn't connect my gun to the oh, app and get sucks. my points. Yeah. Um, but I do like the idea of that, like the gamification of it, ha- being able to go back multiple times and build on your score and maybe get achievements and different things. I like that aspect of it, but I wouldn't personally, it wouldn't be something I would wait more than like 30 minutes for at most. Just me. I've been to Minions Cafe as well. I like Minion Cafe, um, but I haven't tried a lot. However, is all I was going to say. Oh. However, I haven't tried a lot. Um, I tried the uh, the noodle bowl that they have. That's like the pork uh, udon noodles. Um, I was going to pull it up so I can tell you exactly what it's called. 
and Otto's Noodle Bowl. Yeah, Otto's. I opened it because I wanted to. Yep. Otto's. Yeah, I'm interested in the Ropa Vieja because that's my favorite like dish like ever. Yeah. Like when I I, like look for restaurants that have Ropa Vieja and the fact that they now have it at the parks is, I mean, I don't know if it's good. Mm -hmm. So let me reserve my judgment, but um, it's just something that I'm really excited to try. Um, I do have a friend that works for Universal, so I don't know if I actually ever asked him his thoughts on the food here. Um, but I also feel obligated to get the minion hash brown tater tot things. Yeah. Whatever they are. Are they hash browns? Or are they tater tots? I don't recall. I but think they're, they're minion tater tots. Shapes. Hey, minion tots. Yeah. So, I mean, I just feel obligated for, for the vine. Um, I, I'll... I'll report back. I think that there are good options here. It's nice that it isn't just your standard theme park restaurant fare. You can get a few different things, which is great. That's that's very appealing. I also like the fact that this is one of those places where when I ate there, we sat outside. It was like covered seating, but you could scan, you know, the barcode on the table and then do the mobile order and they bring it out to you. So that was nice. If you haven't done that at Universal, that's that's always a nice uh, way to get your food at one of the quick service restaurants. Um, yeah, the, the, I was, I was surprised. Like I really did like the, the Udon noodles quite a bit. And if you're a fan of like a Udon noodle, like a, um, it's, it's sort of similar to a ramen bowl. You get a, you get an egg in there. There's, um, some corn shrimp dumplings to it's Tukansu broth. So, um, that's like a standard ramen broth that you might get. And it's good. I've heard good things about the other food there too. So while I didn't necessarily, you know, love the idea of a minion cafe replacing the classic monsters cafe. um, I still prefer the old theming because again, how, yeah, but you might be able to get a monsters cafe in Epic universe with an updated menu. And that would be great. I will be very happy about that. But I, but I was just going to say, I think the food at minion cafe is better than what was at monster cafe. So I was ending on a positive. I didn't think you weren't. I was just going to say, <laughs> turn it around and say, you might still get both. You might be able to get the better food than Monsters Cafe, but also a new Monsters Cafe at Epic Universe. Yeah, it's all true. Yeah. It's all true. All right. Well, I think that'll wrap it up for the news today. We That was a nice chunk of Universal news. I hope that uh, the fans out there enjoy the fact that we're trying to do the e- equal time for the Universal and, and Disney a little bit more frequently. And Steffers, so. Steffers influence, but also. You're welcome. Also. <laughs> I mean, Universal's great. There's a lot of really positive things there. And and people, you know, if, if you are a, a person who's very loyal to Disney, just be open to the idea of maybe expanding out your theme park experiences because there's some good things to do for sure. And a lot coming. A lot on the horizon. So. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, I'm finally going to share my in-park audio that I've recorded <laughs> over the last uh, little bit, a couple of months as we got back into the monorail. It's all outdated now because a lot of it is food and wine related. But hey, I hope you enjoy it. I didn't want to waste it and just get rid of it. So you're going to get it today. And then we'll be right back after that to wrap up the show. So stick with us.
What's up, everybody? It's me, Justin Monorail, reporting live from Epcot's World Showcase as I watch a monorail go by with Spaceship Earth in the background. And I am here for our first segment. You know, this is normally where M34D goes in the Monday Morning Monorail, but we're also going to be throwing in some drink reviews and some snack reviews and some different things. We're just going to call this Justin Monorail Taste around the parks i don't know we'll come up with a better name help me out landon you're you're the professional radio edian um but here we are i'm actually standing between the port of entry and the disney trader store and i'm getting ready to try a little treat that i just picked up from bubbles and brine this is a new booth uh opened on september 22nd it didn't open with the regular all the rest of the food booths around world showcase but it opened a little bit later on the walkway between World Showcase and the Imagination Pavilion. And I got myself a little treat here. I've got the Jonah Crab Claw Cocktail with Stone Ground Mustard Sauce. And, you know, celebrating the relaunch of the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. Of course, I had to pick up some champagne. So I got the Moet and Chandon Imperial from France. So, um, ready to turn that up, take a little taste of champagne. But first, why don't we taste this Crab Claw Cocktail? I gotta tell you... Pretty decent size crab crab claws, like a lot of meat on here. I'm excited. I'm surprised. And it was the cheaper between the jumbo shrimp cocktail and the crab claw cocktail. So let's see how it tastes. Picking one up right now. Gonna take a bite right out of the claw because I am a monster. Mmm. Had the mustard on there. Oh, it is salty. It is sweet, as you would ex- expect crab claw meat to be so good they don't give you crackers you know to crack the shell they're pre-cracked I feel like I might struggle because I don't have a fork to get all the meat out of this claw but I'm going to try my best but in the meantime let's wash it down with a little champagne ooh that is some good champagne right there you may have heard the sound of a trash can opening and closing you know why because i'm doing the classic tabletop on a trash can to celebrate the relaunch of the monday morning monorail podcast couldn't be classier couldn't be better couldn't be more appropriate and as i'm standing here i just want to say i'm looking over the world showcase lagoon and i can't help but notice there's a barge out there it looks like a stripped down taco barge it's a luminous bar what what the heck is going on You're going to just take the sides off and roll out a harmonious barge and tell me it's a luminous barge and that it's not going to be out there making my eyes hurt all day long? It better not be. Landon, you promised me. You told me to put the gun down last week. I don't know. It doesn't look good. Mm. The champagne is good, though, and that'll calm the nerves. So it's a good thing I've got that in hand. Well, as we go around the World Showcase today, I'm going to try some other things, but those are going to be saved for another segment right here on Justin Monorail's Taste Around the Parks. We'll see you next time. Back to you, Justin and Lennon. Welcome back to another installment of Justin Monorail Eats and Drinks His Way Around the Theme Parks. Today, I stopped at the Mexico food booth reason being there was no line and i have never seen that be the case typically that food booth has a line that stretches 
all the way around to Canada, but today there was no line, so I took advantage of it. And I stopped in specifically to try the Tostada de Carnitas, which is braised pork on a fried corn tortilla with black beans, avocado mousse, queso fresco, and chives. And I got a Trouble in Paradise margarita with illegal mezcal, combier watermelon liqueur, rosé wine, lime juice, and agave with a chili lime powder rim. Now, if you know me, you know that I also host a little show called the Passholder Lounge Podcast, and boy, do I love a margarita. So I'm going to try that for Why don't we kick it off trying the Trouble in Paradise margarita? It looks gorgeous. I took a picture of it. I'm going to post it on the Monday Morning Monorail Instagram and Twitter so you can take a look at it. But here we go. I'm going to taste it right now. Mmm. Mmm. That is pretty delightful. We got the spice from the rim. And I'm taking up like a little bit of strawberry. I don't know why. It kind of tastes a little strawberry to me. Explain that, scientist. Should it be tasting strawberry? It's watermelon. Maybe my tastes are off. I taste the smokiness from the mezcal. I can't really pick up. The, I got the lime and that chili lime powder rim. Oh, it's delicious. All right. Let's cut into this toast. Actually, you know, the tostada, it's fried. I can pick it up. I can take a bite right out the side. So we're going to do that right now. Here we go. Here For you uh, ASMR people, I'm going to crunch right into the recorder. Oh, baby. People are cheering in the background. I don't know if you can hear it, but oh, my God. Honest to goodness, this is one of the best things I've had so far at food and wine oh so good the crunch the pork is great the, the cheese mm, the avocado so good everything complements each other it's it's very satisfying oh highly recommend pick that one up a little fun fact i'm recording this on what is today october 9th guess who's performing in the american gardens theater it's gonna be sugar ray so listen i gotta wrap this up i gotta eat this toast out i gotta down this watermelon uh margarita this uh trouble in paradise margarita and then i gotta make my way over to get a front seat to go see sugar ray are you kidding me it's kismet all right this will wrap up another episode of justin monorail tay eats and drinks his way around the theme parks we'll see you next time Welcome back to another edition of Justin Monorail Eats and Drinks His Way Around the Theme Parks. I am here in Epcot's World Showcase in the Pavilion of Morocco because I'm about to give you a little tip, ladies and gentlemen. If you are looking for a place to get a drink, a place where you don't have to wait a long time, a place with a full bar, have you ever considered Spice Road Table? That's right. You can walk right in. Not only do they have a full bar, they have some very interesting specialty cocktails that you can try if you just want to walk in and grab something they've got a moroccan mule they've got an iced mint tea with gin if you like gin and i'm gonna go in there right now and i'm gonna grab something and i'll let you know how it is all right i am back moroccan mule in hand walking into morocco you know what i'm gonna enjoy this moroccan mule as i walk through the marketplace why not but here it is. It's got a nice little sprig of mint on top, a lemon. If you're a fan of mules in general, like a Moscow mule, 
I mean, this is something you would like. It's very refreshing, nice and cool on a hot day. Although it's beautiful out today. It's not, not too hot. Let me take a little sip. I'll tell you how I think this one tastes. Oh, yeah. You know, if you, if you like a drink that has like a little bit of bite to it, Mules are good because you get that ginger beer. It's not ginger ale, it's ginger beer. There's a difference. Do you know the difference? I sure don't. We are walking back through the marketplace of Morocco. This always makes me feel like I'm in an Indiana Jones movie. Walking past lamps of wonder. And now, R.I.P., there used to be something phallic back here that people used to take a picture with. It's gone. They replaced it with just a regular door because people are dirty, nasty perverts. But this drink is good. It's very good. On a hot day or a mild day like today. And I'm guessing Spice Road Table... I'm sorry, I meant uh, Restaurant Marrakesh. is not open, but this is where, if you come back here... They've got the Florida Blue Medicare Lounge open from noon to 6 p.m. It's a little hidden hideaway back in the World Showcase if you want to check it out. I'm going to go in there right now and I'll tell you about it later. But this has been another episode of Justin Monorail Eats and Drinks His Way Around the Theme Parks. We'll see you next time. So one thing I realized I'm not doing a very good job of is actually telling you what's in the drinks I'm getting. So we're going to go back and let you know <laughs> that the Moroccan Mule is a cocktail con- consisting of Figenza Fig Vodka, Fig Vodka, Ginger Beer, Agave, and Lime. And again, it's 15.50 and it is delicious. And if you're looking for a full bar, again, there, there's a few of those around World Showcase. The Spice Road Table is one of them. You can also go into uh, Viva, not uh, Tudo Gusto, Tudo... Mm, yeah, it is Tudo Gusto. Tudo Gusto. And you can go, there's a full bar there. There's several around World Showcase. We'll do a whole recap at some point, but right now that's not what we're doing. We're just talking about Moroccan Mule here in Morocco. Check it out. I would also recommend that you try that iced mint tea with Bombay Sapphire Gin. It's also very good. $14.50. So if you want something a dollar cheaper that's still very good and refreshing, go for that one. We're back. Welcome back to the monorail. Justin Monorail. Auntie Steffers is here with us. And we are going to wrap things up for today. But before we do that, I always like to spend the last segment of the show interacting with the monorail family. So we wanted to set up a question for next week. Building on all this hotel talk that we just had around the Epic Universe hotels that are coming in 2025. Steffers and I thought it would be a fun idea to kind of talk about, let's blue sky some hotel ideas. And and this may be something we've sort of touched on in the past, but let's expand it out to not just Disney IPs, but Universal IPs or or whatever, whatever IP you may want to include. If you were going to design 
a hotel, a themed hotel experience for Walt Disney World or Universal or your chosen park, whatever it may be, what would you base that hotel on? What would the IP be? And then tell us maybe some aspects that you'd like to include in that hotel. We will pose the question on the Monday Morning Monorail Fam Facebook group. I'll post it on Twitter, and you can interact in both places. Join. I would love for more people to join that Monday Morning Monorail Fam Facebook group. Jump on there because Do it. it's it's very fun. Uh, Landon has been posting a post your drink Saturday. I don't know what he calls it, but... <laughs> Every beverage, beverage, beverage something, check, something, something, beverage check Saturday. He's been doing that. Yeah. Um, I'll post, I'll continue to post some like pass holder loungy type uh, cocktail lounge related stuff. And and then, of course, theme park news, advice, conversations. And, you know, you might even make a new friend or two in the Facebook group. So I, I made some new friends and I could be one of your new friends. So yeah. really. Where do, what what could go wrong? Many things. <laughs> However, what could go wrong? Yeah. So, Steffers, we're also, not... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, don't limit your hotel idea. Like, think about on-site dining. Like, if you want to expand it and have, like, like a downtown Disney-themed, you know, or what kind of pool vibe are we going for? Oh, I like that. You know, think about all the things, guys. Yeah. Like, what, the sky's the limit, and... I'm excited. Yeah, this should be good. This was Steffer's idea. Full credit to Steffer's. I love the idea. And I loved just expanding on the options for theme resorts. But let's maybe stay away from something like a galactic star cruiser experience. Because number one, that already yeah. happened. And number two, it didn't already. work. <laughs> Outplayed. However, Guardians of the Galaxy themed all for that kind of vibe if you can execute it well. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So let's let's hear it. Um, appreciate you all listening. Always appreciate you being part of the Monorail family. I want to ask a favor to all of you out there right now. Now that we have relaunched the Monday Morning Monorail podcast, we need your help. Go to Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, where, wherever it is that you listen to the show, and give us a review. It really helps people to find the show and especially since we've done the relaunch and rebranding, a lot of the reviews out there are kind of dated and old. So it would be great to get a fresh review and get some more eyeballs, get some more ears on the monorail. We, we love it. And it's encouraging. It expands the family. And there's nothing better than a big, happy family around the holidays. Isn't that right, Steffers? Absolutely. And just know that you're all our favorite members of the monorail family. I had to say it because Landon wasn't here to say it. So it's perfect. You're welcome. <laughs> he he will appreciate that. And then his, he's also probably going to yell at you for infringing on his gimmick next week. So yeah, he'll be fine. Landon, <laughs> you'll get over it. <laughs> now, well, when I start singing my song, that's where you, you probably should yell at me. Absolutely. But I won't because I have self-control. <laughs> Well, Steffer, speaking of singing your song, why don't you tell people what you've got going on? Do you have a big announcement about Adventures with Steffers yet? I'm I'm in the works of figuring out what Adventures with Steffers will look like moving forward. Okay. I am pretty sold on the idea of bringing it back, but I 
would like to have a more solid direction before I commit to the bit. So I am working on solidifying what that'll look like. But Adventures with Stuffers, you could still listen to it. I didn't take it off anywhere. So maybe catch up on my life from, I don't know, like a year ago. <laughs> and, you know, maybe maybe a new episode will drop, surprisingly, at some point. You just keep an eye out on yeah. all your podcatchers. So the best idea is go ahead and subscribe. That way you'll get a notification yes. whenever that beautiful, epic Adventures with Steffers finally does drop. You're keeping the the details close to the to the vest, just like Disney is about what they're trying to do in the parks, and I love it. Steffers, listen, my voice might be coming back to your ears very soon in a different format. That's not the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. So, like, yeah, of yep. course I am. But you also can like find me on Instagram and TikTok, Adventures with Steffers, like for right now because I do post on there, and I do have a trip coming up. So yeah, get hype, get All ready. Along. Yeah, if if you aren't already following Steffers, do it. Also, you can follow Landon at L-A-N-D-O-Z. He has been posting a lot of his trip updates on his Twitter and also his Instagram, which is Dawes Does Disney. So you can follow those two things. As for me, I am Justin underscore monorail on all the things. The podcast socials are at Morning Monorail. And we do have an email address if you want to email us Monday Morning Monorail. At gmail.com. Don't forget about the website, morningmonorail.com. Visit that. You can do all those things. The Facebook group, the Twitter, the Instagram, the Discord. And that will fill your time between now and the next time the monorail pulls into the station. But until then, thank a cast member. Thank a team member. Be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.